Annie, you're muted. That's what I get for a squeaky chair. Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers Podcast, where four homeschooling mamas with a combined 32 years of experience homeschooling our 12 kids, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier. We're so glad you're here. I'm Harmony Harkama. My co-hosts are Annie Carlson, Heather Gerwing, and Lindsay Hufford. Hi, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers. Today, we're talking about building your confidence as a homeschool mom. Why are we talking about this? Because everyone struggles with confidence when it comes to homeschooling. Whether you are new at homeschooling or you are a veteran homeschooler, we all have seasons of losing our confidence. Harmony, Annie, Lindsay, when you guys started homeschooling, did you start with full of confidence and without any fears or worry? I would have to say I was full of fear and worry. I was a high school teacher by training. I taught ninth through 12th graders. I knew how to teach them how to balance chemical equations, how to find the atomic mass. I had no idea how you teach a child to read. Cat, C-A-T, it says cat. I, I don't know what else to do. Math, two plus two equals four. I don't know. That, that's just what it is. I had no idea how I was going to teach these little people math facts and how to read. What do do I do with them? How how long do I do school? I was used to 50-minute class periods. So I had a lot to learn about how little ones learn. What about you, Lindsay? Um, I think I fell somewhere in the middle. I actually was a preschool teacher and then worked in an early childhood development research lab in my pre-homeschool mom life. Oh, Lindsay! (laughs) Actually, I I felt confident in the teaching my kids to read and, you know, introductory math and things like that. But I would say that as my kids have gotten older, that's where some of my confidence has waned. Like, yeah, I did okay in the younger years, but can I teach them physics? Can I teach them algebra and trigonometry? I mean, that's still yet to be seen, but I definitely still struggle with confidence all the time, even though we're going to year eight. And Harmony, what about you? I did so much research ahead of time and so much reading about it before I even had kids that it didn't occur to me to even go into a space of worry. I think the excitement drove me more. However, I will say I do have a lot of sympathy when moms are struggling because I just want to cheerlead everyone and say, no, you can do this. It doesn't matter what your kids' challenges or struggles are, what your challenges or struggles are. It doesn't matter what degree you have. Nobody knows your kid better than you. And I firmly, firmly believe that. When people People are wrestling with confidence. I just really always want to try to to give that back to them somehow. I find myself in that space of just wanting to always offer encouragement and say to somebody, keep going, you'll get through it. Like Annie, I was a teacher and we've talked about this before, both of us, but having come out of teacher education, a couple of good things it does give you is you understand what learning styles are and that different kids learn differently. You've probably worked in a classroom with kids where you have all different ability levels at the same time. And so you kind of know what you might be facing in your own children that you're going to see some range. They're not going to be the same as each other. They're not going to be what you are envisioning. They're going to be themselves. That's a good foundation that I feel like I got from being a public school teacher and going through teacher ed. I knew that it was kind of wide open. Every day was new 
adventure. What is my daughter going to be like today? And how is she going to receive this? And how are we going to move forward? And at what speed? And it just gave me an open-mindedness. We're going to talk later on the episode about our favorite books, but there are so many great people to read who have gone before you and so many great people who speak at conferences and who have podcasts and websites. So I felt like I was surrounded already by this community of people who shored me up before I even walked into it. Yeah, that's great. I love how I feel like all of us have been at different areas of the spectrum when it comes to confidence in different seasons of our homeschooling career. So what do you do when you're in a season of not feeling very confident? What do you do to give yourself confidence? Lindsay? I think first and foremost, I remind myself that I know my children better than anyone else. And that can help with a lot of those confidence issues with me. And I celebrate the wins whenever they are big or small. So for example, we switched math curriculums this year and my oldest is going into seventh grade. And I just had a few worries about if he had had enough instruction in math to kind of prepare him for pre-algebra, which is what we're doing now. He's doing really well and he's liking the new curriculum. So that's a huge win for us. And it's been boosting my confidence a lot that I can do the upper level math with him because it's been 15 years since I've done math, at least. I think the last math class I took was my freshman year of college and then I never had to take another one again. So it's been a while and my confidence is definitely a little shaky, but counting those wins and just knowing when to push him and when not to, and my other kids too, and when we need a break and taking time out when we need to, too. And just trusting that not only do I have their best in mind, but that we're going to work through it together and we're going to accomplish things. They might look different in different seasons. That's great, Lindsay. Harmony, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I think the times I probably struggle the most with feeling equipped are the times when I'm really busy. So if I have a really, really overwhelming work season, which does happen from time to time, there's just a lot on my plate. Homeschooling might feel like an additional burden that I don't have space for. But I've also learned that there are ebbs and flows. And so then we might just have a wide open weekend where we do a lot of extra time to catch up. And so I've learned to kind of ride those waves of when school is running really smoothly and the pockets of time that I have are more than adequate to get things done. And then the other times, there's always going to be a slower time that's going to come when the schedule is not as packed, we have more time in the evenings, or I'm just more energized and have more bandwidth and things are going to feel better. So knowing that that just kind of ebbs and flows helps me. It helps me remember that everything, eventually everything gets done. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Annie, anything to add what you do to give yourself confidence when you're in a season where your confidence might be lacking some? I tend to pull back on my expectations for me, expectations that I have of the kids. I guess you could say we go back to basics. So some of the add-ons that we have added, whether it be a handcraft project, whether it be foreign language or something else that we have added into our core reading, writing, math, I tend to trim those back, maybe reduce the amount that I expect them to do each week, or even just take a little break from them and just start small. And as they feel a sense of accomplishment, finishing something or finishing their entire list, then we can add a little bit to it. And then our confidence grows as we 
continue to experience success, both for them and for me. That's great. I love the go back to the basics thing. I would just say for myself, when I am struggling with feeling confident in my homeschooling, I go back to just the very beginning and how I feel this is what God has called me to do. I just got to follow that. I remember there was one year early on in my homeschooling. It was the end of the year and I was just struggling. Like, should I keep going? Should I do this next year? And I was away at a woman's retreat with our church. They had a table just filled with junk, but we had to assemble things that represented our life. And when I was searching the junk table, I found a Call of Duty 4 disc. It's so silly to say that that disc gave me confidence, but it was my affirmation from God. This is what I've called you to do. I think it was right before I was going to be starting my fourth child, adding him into our homeschooling career. And it was just like, yes, you can do this. You can homeschool all four. So I just go back to the beginning of when I felt called to do this and felt God put it before me. Let's move on. There's confidence. And then I guess at the other end of the spectrum, we have worry. What things tend to bring about worry in your homeschooling? Harmony, do you have anything to share on that? I think I worry sometimes that when we get too busy and we're in the house too much, knowing that we need to get out more, we haven't done a whole lot this past week. And of course, with the pandemic going on, I worry more about emotional and mental health, especially right now. And just, are we getting out enough? Are we going places enough? At the same time, they love being home. They're both homebodies. They would choose to be home, but they need that little bit of extra interaction. Sometimes I worry that I'm not in tune to that enough and I have to refocus on that and really kind of do an emotional and mental health check on everyone. That's really good. Speaking of our kids dealing with worry, what do you do to build confidence in your kids? So if your kids are struggling and they're not feeling confident with themselves, what do you have in your toolbox to help build your kids' confidence. Annie, do you have anything for that? We'd like to think that learning happens in a straight line. When you're intimately involved with your kids' education, you quickly realize that learning is not a linear process. And so if you are a new homeschooler, you may be wondering, well, we just do one math lesson a day and we just keep going and I don't understand why they're having a problem. They didn't have a problem a month ago. Linear learning, just a fallacy. It's an average. None of us are average. And so when my kids kind of flatline in that learning, what do we do? Maybe we back up three or four or 10 math lessons back to where they knew they had it. And then we start from there and we go at it a second time. Maybe we substitute out a book that's a little advanced vocabulary is higher than they're able to interpret, back them down to an easier reader, and they get their confidence back and we start building them back up. The blessing in homeschooling is that you know that day if things are going to be a struggle, if they're starting to get anxious, and you can just back them up. You can spend more time on a certain concept or a certain part of a textbook that's giving them a hard time. You have the luxury to say, you know what, we're going to park here for a little while. Maybe we'll call a friend who knows more 
more about this topic and talk to them about it and see if they can help us. Just gives you a lot of expanse to problem solve and to spend time with that anxiety. You don't have to rush to the next lesson. They would in a classroom environment. That's so true. Thanks. Lindsay Harmony, do you have anything to add to that? What do you do when your kids are not feeling confident? I want to kind of zero in on something that Annie said. She talked about backing up to find the place where they were being successful, where they were engaged. And we were talking before the podcast tonight about having that joyful space of learning that if kids are engaged and they love learning that they will learn anything. And so it's like sometimes when they are losing confidence, it's how to go back to that space. What What is it that makes them tick? What is it that lights them on fire? Maybe it's taking time out to, to give them something that they're successful at. So if it's struggling with a new skill, revert to something that they really enjoy and that they feel good about doing. Or maybe it's taking a break and doing something that they love. Maybe, you know, today's not the day for geography. Let's do an art lesson instead. Or something that being intuitive. Julie Bogart of Brave Writer has a great little one sheet somewhere. um, And maybe we can try to put a link to it. It's called Pixie Dust for Your Homeschool. And she definitely advocates brownies. and tea times and things like that. And we've talked before, you know, like feed them, sate their hunger. So sometimes they just need, you know, a hug and a snack too. And it's re-centering them and they'll return to that place of engagement and confidence. Sometimes it's just little things or it's even just taking a time out from whatever you're doing and looking them in the eyes and saying, what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? Opening up, getting them to talk. With my eight-year-old daughter, she's highly sensitive. And sometimes it's just me making space to sit down with her and having a conversation, opening the door for her to speak about whatever she's feeling or she's struggling with and letting all that out helps return her to a space of balance. Yeah, I think both Annie and Harmony shared great things. And uh, the only thing I think I would add is that in our homeschool, we normalize talking about anxiety as a normal human emotion, because I have struggled with anxiety and depression in the past. And my kids have been part of that as we walk through that as a family. So we have a pretty good vocabulary around mental health issues, but also just like normal situational anxiety that comes up. It's part of the way we were made and created. And it's just a gauge for us, right? To tell us that something is a little bit wrong. And the other thing we do a lot is talk about with our kids, the gifts of struggle and failure. I have a child who's a perfectionist and I have another child who has dyslexia. So they experience um, struggle and failure really differently. And we talk about those things as being gifts to us because it allows us to try something a different way or to try again. That's the beauty of homeschool, right? It's like my kids aren't going to get an F on an assignment and we're just not just going to move on. We're going to keep working at it until I know that they've mastered whatever that is, if it's math science reading, that we all can do our work at our different paces. And that doesn't make you any less than if one of your siblings is really proficient in reading and you're really struggling. It just means that your brain works differently. Ultimately, our goal is just to get them to be proficient in whatever tasks and skills they're going to need to do what they want to do when they grow up. The best thing for them, I think, in that situation is to fail while they're still in my home so that we can walk through that together. Yes, that's so good, Lindsay. Thank you. Okay, so we've talked about what gives us confidence and 
what we do when we're feeling anxious or worry. But what do you do when you aren't sure? You're just in a place of, I don't know what to do here. Almost like in a frozen state. What do you do? What I like to do is just do the next thing. What are what do we have on tap for tomorrow? Maybe it's piano lessons. And we will get up, we will pack our piano bags, and we will go to piano lessons. And take along a book to read while we wait for our siblings. Just do something. It doesn't have to be the full slate of scheduled curriculum. It doesn't have to be everything that your mother or mother-in-law thinks the children should be learning today. It just has to be something. Dip that toe in the water because you can't dip your ankle in without getting a toe in first. That's so true. I love that. Just do the next thing. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a whole day's worth of work, but just do something. I love that. And don't freak out, go into panic mode and start researching new curriculums and reading five new books at the same time. Take a breath. What Annie's really saying too is take it slow, like taking things one step at a time. Do what is working. Wisdom says, you know, when something is bothering you, sleep on it and you'll feel differently in the morning. I think that applies here too. Give yourself some time to figure it out. You don't have to have the answer tomorrow or a new plan in place. You have time and flexibility in homeschooling to get it figured out. And there are times when you will need a break with a capital B. Build in what that's going to look like. With John, it is me sending him a text that says, as soon as you get home, I am tapping out. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I need to be by myself. I need to think through something or I need to not think at all. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your partner. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your best friend that you can say, I need to tap out. I need a timeout to just regroup. I love that. I saw a t-shirt today at Walmart. And I'm not going to say her name right because I can't ever say her name right. Is it Hermione? Hermione? How do you say it? Hermione. 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 Oh my word. Anyway, it said, when in doubt, go to the library. Mm. (laughs) I love it. Love it. That should be like every homeschool mom shirt right there. When in doubt, go to the library. All right. So let's talk about inspiration now. Where do you find inspiration when things are hard? Annie. I'll tell you first where I don't go. When I'm having a hard time, I do not go to Pinterest. That's good advice. The last thing I need to see when I'm struggling is everyone else's polished perfection. So I don't go to Pinterest. I will just take a break and just remove myself, maybe from my home, just take a walk, maybe take an evening away. I talked to John about it. He's the principal of our homeschool. When I was teaching and I had an issue, what did I do? I went to the principal. And sometimes John talks to me, says, well, I think maybe you're asking too much, or I think maybe you're doing too much, or could you try this? And sometimes he talks to the student just like a good principal does. So I don't want to look at everyone else's good days when I'm having a bad day. And that's where having a homeschool friend or an online community where you can post your bad day and people will say, oh, sister, solidarity. I've been there. That's what I need. That's so true. What's your uh, quote there that you have, Annie, about inspiration that you shared with us earlier? Whatever you see others doing, whether it be online or in your homeschool co-op or the neighbor, use it as inspiration, not for duplication. Brilliant. Amen. We don't want to try and copy everything that everyone else is doing or you'll just end up exhausted, but use it as inspiration, something to think about. How would that work for us rather than I must do this? 
Well, you don't need to live by anybody else's checklist. We've said before that none of our homeschools look the same. And that's the great thing about the wide range of homeschool community that is out there because you can just look for inspiration. Think of it as a buffet. Just like if you were at a buffet restaurant, you're not going to put every item on the buffet table on your plate. You're going to pick the things that are right for you or that look good to you or taste good to you. And homeschooling is the same way. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge buffet out there, but you do not need to feel pressure to do everything, you know, and you can feel free to take a small serving of things first and then figure out what else you might want to have. Lindsay, anything to add to that? I think they said so many great things. I think the only thing I would add is just kind of going back to like tried and true inspirational books or mentors, anything like that. There's a couple books that I tend to go back to in hard seasons. And just to remind myself that there's so much goodness in here and we just need to stick with it. And that, yes, it's going to be hard because life is hard. You're going to have hard days, but in the end, it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have said books too. When things are hard and I'm struggling, books are my go-to to get me back in my groove. So let's talk about support. How do you find support? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a community online or in real life? What does homeschooling support look like for you in your life? Lindsay, do you want to start on that one? My answer is all of it. We're very fortunate to live in an area where there are a lot of homeschoolers and I have a lot of homeschooling friends. So that is huge to have in real life friends that are in the trenches with me that I can talk to, especially when we're having a hard day or when I am losing my confidence. I am thinking particularly of my friend, Amy. She is kind of a, I guess like a hybrid between a homeschool friend and a homeschool mentor because she has two children who are grown and married and she homeschooled them. And then she has three children that are my kid's age. And so we're kind of doing it together. And then she's also, you know, graduated a couple of kids. When I'm having like a really rough time, I will often reach out to her and especially when I've thought of, oh, I think I'm going to send the kids to school. She's like, that's great if that's your decision. But just remember that everything that you're doing with them at home, you still have to do with them after school because it's called homework and you'll have, you know, six hours less to get it done. And then I'm like, right, this is true. So she just always points me to some wisdom, I guess, you know, earned along the way. And then I am in a lot of online spaces. I'm in a couple homeschool Facebook groups and then just other online groups for parenting and homeschool related things that it's really nice to have the local people to get together with. But it is so amazing that we live in a time where we can talk to people who are doing what we're doing all over the world and gain inspiration from them too. Mm-hmm. Harmony, what about you? I have pretty much the same answer as Lindsay. I have a little bit of everything. Some people who are local, friends across the country, great books and mentor people that I return to over and over again. I've been lucky enough through my job to edit a few homeschooling books and that has given me some relationships too with people who, whose wisdom I trust and who have been around for a long time. And that's been an extra bonus. Mm-hmm. It's good to have people who can vision cast for you a little bit. Your vision may not look just like theirs, but people who can help you form some kind of an idea, you know, over the long haul. And I really value that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I would also just add, if you are in search of a homeschool mentor, ask someone. When I was early on, there were some moms who were, you know, just the next age above me. Their kids might have just been like upper elementary or middle school when I was just starting kindergarten. And I was like, hey, I need a homeschool mentor. Do you want to be my mentor? And they were a little bit taken aback. Like, what do you mean? And of course, as 
all of us at times, we don't feel qualified to homeschool. They didn't feel qualified to be a homeschool mentor. But I was like, look, I just want somebody that I can talk to about things when I have questions. I would just say, if you feel like you need a mentor, ask someone because I'm sure we all want everyone else to succeed, right? We want to help each other. This past summer with my oldest starting in high school, the same woman that I went to asking about kindergarten curriculum, I went to her asking about high school transcripts. So I was like, I need you to teach me how to do transcripts. Tell me what I need to know and tell me what's the best way to keep records. Just ask. I think homeschooling as a community is very supportive and helpful and we all want each other to succeed. So with that, ladies, as we get ready to wrap up, do you guys have any other piece of advice that you would offer to a mom who is struggling with confidence? Annie kind of alluded to this. Just make sure you're doing good self-care because Mm -hmm. you can't pour out of an empty well. And we've mentioned that before. You make sure you're filling up your own well and that you're getting time and space to recharge because your confidence can slip the most when you're too tired or you're burned out. You haven't had any time alone. So if you need to tap out, make sure that you are owning that and finding a way to do it. That's so good. Anyone else? Um, Yeah, I would just add that everyone goes through this. Everyone goes through seasons of doubt. You are not alone. The most experienced homeschooler who's graduated 15 kids from their high school has days where they doubt themselves about if they're doing the best thing for their kids. So just know you're not alone and it's a normal thing that we go through. And just as we've said, you know, just keep doing what you need to do until you get out of that rough spot. But you kind of put two things together. Together, which is we talked about having a mentor or someone to talk to. Don't hide when you're struggling. Find someone you trust that you can share your struggles with because they're going to affirm that they've been there before because every homeschool mom does go through this, like Lindsay is saying. So find a space where you can share that, whether it be a really good Facebook group that's got authentic, supportive community for you or someone who's local, someone who listen, even your own mom, if you have a supportive family, you know, you may have someone in your family who can hear you because oftentimes it's not necessarily the school piece. It's the parenting piece too that causes us to struggle or to to lose confidence. And so you may not even just need another homeschool mom. You may just need a good friend to listen, but don't feel like, oh, I can't tell anybody I'm struggling because someone will think I'm failing. Don't feel that way because everyone's in the same boat. Annie, anything? Even classroom teachers have those Mm. days when they struggle and they wonder if the kids are even getting it and if they should just scrap it all and start over. So it is absolutely normal to at different points during the day or different days to say, I don't know, I'm struggling. It's going to be a hard day. And what I have learned is to lean into that feeling. We've kind of been conditioned to pull back from those feelings of inferiority or insecurity, but kind of lean into it and say, okay, I'm struggling today, but why? Is it I didn't get enough sleep? I didn't eat a good breakfast or whatever. Lean into that. Ask yourself questions. Ask your kids questions. Hey, why do you think we're having a hard time today? And they'll tell you. My kids are completely honest. Don't be afraid to lean into those feelings and kind of explore them. Sit with them for a little while and then you can deal with them rather than just pushing them away and feeling bad all by yourself. Ladies, this was incredible. I am starting year 10 tomorrow. And can I just say that this talk tonight with you ladies was life-giving to me as I get ready to start year 10. So thank you.
Before we wrap up, we usually share what is saving our homeschool, but we're going to do something a little bit different today. We are going to share a book that we would recommend to a homeschooler. Now, I'm not going to say favorite book because you all know I feel like picking a favorite book is like picking a favorite child. It's just not right. So (laughs) one of your top favorite books (laughs) that you would recommend for homeschooling. Annie, what is your book? My book is The Call of the Wild and Free by Ainsley Arment. I just love it. It is a beautiful book to hold in your hand. I don't know what kind of paper they used, but it's lovely. There are little watercolor illustrations on the pages. It's just a joy to read you know, tactilely and visually. And then, of course, the content is amazing. We do a very nature-based life here on the farm. And so I just drew so much inspiration and, dare I say, confirmation of what I have been thinking from that book. Just being outside, getting kids exploring and expanding their horizons. It was such an encouragement. It's a great basic book. It talks about different philosophies of homeschooling, covers some of the different between them, lets you explore what would be a good fit for your family. It's a book that I've passed along to many people. My copy is right now with a friend. I just love it. Very inspiring. I agree. I also enjoy that book. Lindsay, what about you? What's your book that you would recommend? Well, if I have to choose one for today, I think I'm going to choose The Brave Learner by Julie Bogart. If you guys have been listening to past episodes of this podcast, her name has come up a lot. And I think even today, again, Julie Bogart is just, I feel like she's like a titan in the homeschool community. She's written a lot of great writing curriculum. She was a single mom who, I can't remember if she has four or five children, I think four, and homeschooled them while freelance writing for work and her children are all grown now. And she definitely fits into that category of like the mentor, the homeschool mentor mom. Mm -hmm. I love her philosophy on education and writing. She's very passionate about having your kids just follow their interests. So if you're kind of lean more into like the child-led learning space like I do, I think this book would be really encouraging. And the really great thing about this book is I think that no matter how you choose to educate your kid, there is definitely something in this book for you. It just has as you expand your ideas of what an education can look like, Minecraft can be learning and watching a documentary can be learning and going on a hike can be learning. Reading poetry over cookies and brownies is learning. It is just such an encouragement to me. And I'm actually rereading it now as we've just started our school year, just giving me some extra encouragement. Good. And Harmony, what about you? What's your book? I chose Better Together by Pam Barnhill. And Pam's name is another name that has come up a lot. This book is kind of like if I had to pick one book to give to a new homeschool mom to get her started, this very well might be the book. We've talked a little bit about morning time. So Better Together is about, primarily about morning time, but it approaches how to get the bulk of the things you want to accomplish with your family as a group done together, which is why it's called Better Together. There are a lot of subjects that can be done as a whole family, especially for families with a lot of kids. Now, I only have two, but I am still finding that morning time is hugely beneficial. I am frankly amazed at what my four-year-old has internalized because of having her there when I'm doing recitation work and singing songs and art and read louds and all of these different things I have done primarily with my eight-year-old in mind. And my four-year-old has got this really strong foundation already. It's just full of joyful things. There are a lot of great snapshots in here. I love books with snapshots 
of other people's homeschools because I like to be inspired and to treat that whole thing like a buffet. Like I talked about where I'm like, ooh, what will work for me? What do I want to try? So it's just a great book full of inspiration. And Pam does a lot of vision casting of how your homeschool life can look using the morning time approach as an anchor for the whole family. Yes, I also enjoy Better Together as well. My book that I would recommend is Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. The tagline of the book is A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace. I think this is the perfect book for beginning of the year or February when you're in the lull. It just gives you that breath of fresh air that you need and just helps you as the homeschool mom to slow down and just get things back into perspective and get your priorities straight. Just really helps me to refocus when I need it. Thanks so much for tonight and for talking with us. We will catch you all another time. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mentioned on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling. What's your uh, quote there that you have, Annie, about inspiration that you shared with us earlier? I'm glad somebody wrote it down because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me to, and I, like, I didn't write it down. <laughs> Annie, do you want me to read it to you and then you can say it? You better. If you're going to put it on there, I, I better read it right. It.